0: Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. I like having people here. It's nice. Remember last time you wouldn't speak into the microphone I had to teach you how to... (laughs) I was like, do you to use a microphone, you weirdo? (laughs) You guys, Shane is back. Hi. Hi, the one and only. Yes. We are talking about healing Mm -hmm. and the reason why this, healing and how it's not linear and what I mean is the other day, my sister made a comment to me, I was going to do some sort of therapy, who knows what it was because I've tried them all (laughs) and she's like, she actually said a, a comment like, well, haven't you done enough?
1: Oh right,
0: and it and I told her it doesn't work like that. Like even when I think that I have healed something, right? I haven't.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know exactly. And the key word is what you just said is even though I think, and I think that sometimes can get in the way of our own healing because to if I can, we'll just start it. Yeah, here. just start it. I think the, the healing process, transformation, whatever you want to call it, is more about the emotional understanding than the intellectual understanding.
0: And Explain that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because if you understand first in life is emotions, we're all emotions. And I think, although the intellectual part could be very healing in the beginning, the clarity, the understanding, but the part that is wounded is the really the emotional part that is looking to seek... The healing, does that make sense? To just feel better. To feel better or, you know, yeah, exactly. To feel, you know, the language that I use is to feel validated, to feel belonging, to feel safe. So the first thing that happens in a human being is the emotional experience, right? So every time the healing comes around and around, we go deeper and deeper into that, which really is you're going deeper into your body.
0: Right, right, right. And just, that's the thing, I think a lot of people, I had a girlfriend the other day who she was going through a breakup and she felt good for a long time. And then yesterday she called and said she didn't want to leave the house. She was feeling really down and then she was almost beating herself up about feeling down about something she thought she should have already been over. Right. And I think that there's also these expectations that we place on ourselves that we need to, ex- we need to expect healing in a certain amount of time. And it doesn't, it's just self-imposed, B.S.
1: It it really is because <clears throat> you know the idea of uh, you know the language I use is not uh, I'm not worried about people overthinking I'm worried about people underfeeling, and I think exactly to what you were talking about is that we can get lost in the thought process of what it's supposed to look like. When am I supposed to be healed? I've met that before, but if you think about it from just lineages, you know who else is carrying some of this stuff. What do you mean? So what I mean is that, so and I'll use my exa- myself as an example because I always love that, right? So my experiences, and we've talked about that before, the abandonment or the emotional neglect. Now, when I first came into my healing, I intellectually saw it and it, made, it gave a little bit of clarity to my journey. Now, when I revisited over and over again, I saw, wait, am I the only one? Well, my dad was abandoned by his dad. Mm-hmm. My mom was emotionally neglected by her mom. So- it goes deep, and this is where it can get really interesting is because it goes into this like genetic coding. Okay,
0: but <laughs> I've heard this before, I have heard this before, and I it doesn't really work like that.
1: Sure, if you think of there's, a, there's something in an individual's life that could be quote unquote traumatizing, right? okay, there is an adaptation on the genetic coding of that individual, right? So things get heightened. Anxieties or something get heightened on the DNA coding. Now, unless that person has seen that, met that, healed that, they just transmit it to the next person, and
0: on and on. Okay, wait. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I know, I'm gonna dumb this down because that's what I do. But saying like, if a parent something happens to them as a child, then they have a child, then they they um, transfer that trauma to the child. But if it happens after the child's born, you don't transfer that trauma.
1: Well, it depends on how they're acting, right? So if there's a certain loss, so if the, if the parent has a child and then there's a loss and that loss is brutal, the parent might be mourning that loss, which as a byproduct, the child will feel that experience. Does that make sense? Right. Right. They're going to feel the energy behind it. They're going to feel the distance maybe from mom or dad because, and, and it's valid because the parent is mourning something. Right. So that could also be transmitted onto the experience. <laughs>
0: When healing is occurring, why is it that sometimes triggers happen and you're just back to square one?
1: Are you though? Are you? (laughs) Are you?
0: You're right. Are you?
1: Right. And this is what I was... But it
0: feels sometimes like you are.
1: It feels like it or you think that you are?
0: No, you're right. You're prob- you're not. You just physically right. and emotionally can't not be.
1: Right. Because what we're doing is we're widening our space of what's called an m- emotional window of tolerance for it. Every time we revisit it, every time there's a dark night of the soul, you are coming with it with brand new experiences. You might not think that way because you're locked in it, looking at it from a different lens. So really what it is doing is you're bringing a different perspective to it every time you go into it. Mm -hmm. But how the mind works is a manager, right? So the mind goes right back into denial, right back into rational, you know, justification, minimization. And we're like, wait, how did I get here again?
0: Right. Can you explain to listeners what the dark night of the soul is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's a part in, in speaking in the context, at least for me, it's when I have to visit these core wounding parts again. Right, so this is where it becomes not linear. Like I've I've seen that part before. I've seen my abandonment. I've seen my emotion, but in the context of relationship or life experience, it gets ignited again. Right. So now I'm diving deep into this dark night again, and every time, so that's kind of the idea is meeting these. I like the language of these, uh, the idea of these fragmented parts that have to se- that separate, being the experience. So. So that's the dark night of the soul. So now when I revisit it, so I re—I saw it when I was maybe one, two years into my healing journey. But when I see it at 10 years or now 16 years, it's deeper. And I think what ends up happening is every time I go deeper, you get a deeper sense of what's called compassion now.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? E- em- empathy for that other empathy, person.
1: Exactly. For my mother's experience. Right. For my dad's experience. And so I can hold them too, in my journey, where it's about responsibility and accountability.
0: Yes, is it true that time also heals just because of the distance?
1: That's such an interesting way. Uh, and there's a saying, and I think it's Abraham Lincoln, and he said, uh, "It's not the years in your life, but the years about the life within your years." So it's great. Time can pass. But what are you doing with that time to heal? Right. So I can have years and stuff. And and yes, there'll be some distance away from the wounding. But what am I doing to heal it? Because then it can activate and I could still be doing the same behavior patterns.
0: Dean and I were talking this morning that we both have such different hobbies. Like I can... (laughs) No, I don't even know why I'm laughing. But I mean, he loves to watch these videos on equipment and things. And like, he, like, can, he can't get enough and I can't get enough of things, you know, like quantum physics and emotional yeah. awareness and IQ and all of that. But I also was raised that emotions are, I don't even know how, what the word is. Like, um, kind of like, it's just, we don't talk about that. And You know, it's just complaining if you have emotions. Mm. It's like you can't really... When you're working, it's working. Like there's no personal life that you have. And it's funny now that I can't get enough of reading and learning about different emotions and how people react to things and healing. But is everyone on this earth here to evolve in the healing process? I hope so. But there are some people that just kind of like... (laughs) <laughs> around the earth. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, I heard, I heard something in speaking on that. I heard something. It was like some people, again, if, if this is where you believe, and, and I have a deep beliefs in it, you know, the karmic, right? So we keep continuing. We reincarnate. There's a bigger lesson. So it, it talked about some people come back multiple times to learn one lesson. Mm-hmm. And some people come back one time and learn multiple lessons. It's not up to me, right? It's not up to me how many lessons are people going to learn, but maybe that's our soul's contract. Because at the depth of that compassion we're talking about, beyond your own family and having compassion for mom and dad, couldn't you have compassion for humanity? You can actually take it deeper. right? And so maybe that's what this thing called life is really about. How much can you deepen your emotional availability to see yourself and other people as well?
0: And. My, and we were talking about it earlier, being that healing is not linear. I, I sometimes feel like I take, you know, a few steps forward and then one step back. And I was telling you the story of Friday. Dean had invited people over for dinner and the house needed to be perfect, which, by the way, is my problem. Mm-hmm. It's my problem. It's sure. not his problem. Right. Why do I have to have everything? That's another podcast. Yes, we will talk about it. Yeah, that's <laughs> an issue. But I found such, like, I, I found myself unraveling. And I, th- I almost even started beating myself up, like, I'm better than this. Like, why am I reacting re- so, like, strongly to just a house not necessarily being perfect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place here. <laughs> so, what I'm starting to realize, it's not really about that thing when you get angry. It's not about that thing.
1: No, it usually isn't.
0: Again- Dean and I talked, a uh, friend of mine, I'm not going to say who it is. Her boyfriend broke up with her because she ordered crab legs. It's a story, and Dean and I <laughs> joked because it's, <laughs> it's. a story. deal breaker. It's a deal breaker, <laughs> but we. He always said it's, it's never about the crab legs, and it's true. Like I'm starting to realize, the more work that I do, is when I get angry and triggered. It's never about that thing.
1: No. No.
0: And that's where the healing comes, is learning your triggers.
1: What's behind it.
0: What's behind it.
1: What is behind it, and what is that about you? And what meaning are you making this mean about you? It's always about, you know, it's like that idea of the narcissistic self, like we all have these tendencies, but it's like, what meaning am I making this about me? Right. Because at the core of it, that's what I'm doing. I'm interpreting it, and it's not so conscious. It's very in the background. But it's this. Yes. It's that the, you know, the the baseboards aren't cleansed before people come over. Right. Right. That's not it. No. That's not it. That's not it. But who's occupying this seat at that time? And it's probably...
0: The little girl. That's right. I'll give you another story. Oh, I'm full of stories today. (laughs) We went to uh, the Magic Castle last week uh, with Dean and a few of his friends. And first of all, I don't like magic. I don't like magic and I don't like a joke. Start with a man walks in the bar and I'll be like, I don't care. Just don't even finish the sentence. I don't care. But <laughs> but Dean loves magic. So I don't know if you've ever been there, but you have dinner and then there's right. like a big show and you go to these parlors. So I'm watching this guy do some magic, but I'm not really watching. I'm just pretending. And we were going to go from that parlor to another one and the entire party left to to get in line mm-hmm. and I was the only one left. By the time I got to Dean, and this was 30 seconds, but I didn't know it was 30 seconds. I had made up this whole story that he had forgotten about me. I was abandoned. So when he saw my face, how mad I was, he literally was like, are you serious? Like, you're this upset? Right. And I, like, tears started welling up in my eyes. And that's then I'm right. like, pull it together. you look crazy. You look crazy. But then I realized that night it wasn't about that. It was about being abandoned as a child. That's All right. the things.
1: That's right. We make up so many stories and so many meanings of things. And that's what I was saying. I'm not worried about people overthinking. I'm worried about people underfeeling. Like, what is that bringing up? And let's move into that. Because I'll, I'll run so many different stories about an event. And I'll make it, I'm abandoned. Mm-hmm. Because that's my go-to. Mm -hmm. That's like my go-to. It's just like, it's like a worm waiting to dump that story wherever it's possible. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Well, who's occupying the seat? It's the wounded part of self. It's the one that's holding that narrative. It's the one that's holding those beliefs that I'm worthless, that people leave me, that people, you know, whatever. Yeah, And so it just, it just blinds us. And that's why when you're talking about why isn't it linear is because the mind is a, it can go back into its own denial traps. Yeah. It's survival.
0: But why is it, What what is, when you say it's survival, is it your mind makes up these stories to to protect itself from getting hurt again? I don't get it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the mind lives very, it lives in a past and a future context. And it really, what it's trying to do is manage everything. So you don't relive some of the, you know, more, more pleasure, less pain. Mm-hmm. Right. So it can go into its denial to protect what it thinks it needs to do is try to protect you. Right. It's trying to protect you. Right. Because, you know, it's like, so, so it, all the mind really is about is about management. It's about managing things so that you'll be safe. Right. Almost, and if you're looking at it from, from the idea of, you know, trauma or woundings, then it, what happen? What can happen is it tries to control everything in your life. Mm-hmm. So now you're controlling everything in your life, but actually you're living completely out of control. Yeah, right. Because some things we do need control. So that, that so I don't want to dismiss that, but I don't need to control everything. Right. You know what I mean? So it can get in the way, which was the idea of, you know, once adaptive becomes maladaptive. So adaptive for survival, maybe what you're walking through the experience or I was walking through the experience. But if I keep living from that lens, it becomes maladaptive. So now it's working against my
0: survival. Right. Yes. So when you're in the moment where I look around and everybody's gone at this magic show, What's the quickest way to get to the point where you're not reacting and you're being inquisitive of where this fear, this feeling is coming from.
1: Great. Um, I like to make distinctions between what's a thought and what's the feeling. And we, we, sometimes we don't know how to make the distinction of the two there. I know, you know, the feeling of abandonment, this and that sit in that. Is this the only moment you've ever had this experience before? Probably not. I mean, I haven't, right? Mm -hmm. So, is this really what's happening right now? Is this really what's happening right now? They've all abandoned me.
0: Yes, it is, though. (laughs) I mean... Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, the interpretation is (laughs) that... Yes, right. The thought is that they all have abandoned me. Right. But the feeling is more ancient than what's really happening right here. 100%. Right? One quick thing that I talk about is like um, Dragnet and Joe Friday, just the facts.
0: What? (laughs) Wait, what did you
1: say? (laughs) Just the facts. There's this idea of just the facts. What's the fact? People left the show. Mm -hmm. What is the story you're making of it that I've been abandoned? Right. And that in itself can create a nice space between the two. And within that, you can be very inquisitive from that space. But if you're too emotionally Mm -hmm. attached to it, there is no space between those ideas. Right. Right. So now I'm emotionally attached to the, believing the thought that they have left me and I'm abandoned.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard though when you're in it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God,
1: it's hard. Oh, absolutely. And I don't care how long it takes as long as you get there. Yeah. So, okay, you reacted that way. What Dean's like, why are you crying? But well, no, you, I
0: wasn't. I was holding him oh, yeah. I'm really good at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, blink, 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 <laughs> keep blinking.
1: <laughs> right. But then here we are. We're having a conversation about it. And to me, that's an awakening.
0: Yeah, well, funny enough, so I ended up talking about it with him the next day. Was that even English, what I just said? And (laughs) (laughs) he said, I really thought you were behind me. I was getting in line for the next show, so I was actually doing everybody a favor. Like, I thought, I'll get out first, get in line so that nobody else has to leave this show. But now when he says that, now I I do look crazy. But it's funny that, you know, you do make up all these stories. And it's not necessarily the truth, but I also, I'm pretty intuitive. So 99.9% of the time I make up these stories, <laughs> some people say I'm psychic. Yeah. Um, I'm right, but a lot, but sometimes I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: But that's what the mind does. You know, it's a meaning making machine and that and the idea of maybe there is no meaning, maybe there really is no meaning, but we're just making it up. Yeah. All the time.
0: All the time. And I
1: always talk about that everything is relatively neutral. Everything is neutral. Those people leaving the thing, these words that I'm saying are neutral. Now, you or the listeners, they're applying a meaning to it. And they're applying a meaning from their own experience. Right. Yeah, because somebody else can hear this and go, I don't get it.
0: Right. No. (laughs) Okay, good. I'm just starting to realize that, too. It's like... Everything is neutral, and it's all our past that we bring into the present moment to then put meaning onto whatever we're looking or hearing or experiencing.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. And so we're, where are we pulling this meaning from? Of course it's going to be our past. Our past. We're trying to fit it into this puzzle, but maybe that's not what's happening right now. Is that really what's happening right now?
0: Right. It's it's why I I have a friend who does something super annoying. <laughs> All of my friends do not start texting me, say asking if it's you. <laughs> just pr- assume it is. But <laughs> you're all annoyed. <laughs> you're all <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> and it really bugs a lot of my other friends, and it doesn't bug me at all. I actually just it doesn't even it just rolls off my back. Like who cares? But it's funny how things trigger some people and not at all others, and it's because of your past.
1: Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's so, I mean, yes, yes, and, because it's, it's so interesting, even words people choose to describe their experience, why that word? Why did you pick out of the lexicon of all the words that you know in your human experience that word? There's something about that that has a deeper meaning for you. Right. You know? And so when you get that, even when we're talking to ourselves, we pick certain words, And there's this idea of, you know, the literal meaning of a word is the lowest meaning you can give a word because there's a spirit behind what you're saying. Right. So explore what that is. What's the deeper connection? And I think those are great tools for anybody. Start becoming that aware of what's going on. And of course, it's a practice, right? So that's why it's not linear, because it's a continuous practice. Right. Because I go right back into my conditioning. I go yes. right back into my reactive behaviors, always.
0: Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, the other day, I said something super a-hole-ish to him. I'll admit that. Okay, Because I use my tongue as my sword a lot. Sure. Working on it. Um, and he said something like, for somebody who's into mindful living... And it's like, well, yes, I know the tools, but sometimes I don't use them. Yeah. And when I'm really mad, I don't want to use them at all.
1: That's right. And exactly what we were talking about. So as we deepen that, there's a sense of compassion there. So I can see that and know that that also exists in me. Right. Do you see? It's like that's what we're doing every time we revisit it we're deepening the deeper understanding that i do that too. Right. So i'm not going to point my fingers at you because i can recognize that it also exists in me. That's right. Right? And that's compassion. And that is empathy, and that is a deeper understanding for this thing called the human experience.
0: If we all just sat and stopped for a minute and saw that with even if we're if somebody's being a jerk to us, like we've been jerks before too, like having that compassion for the other person whatever they're going through instead of just reacting
1: yeah and it's not easy no it's definitely not easy because yeah a lot of things get in the way ego definitely ego and who we think that we are not who we are right and I think that's the whole ego's identity but we can talk about it another time but that's exactly right, is because all of that gets in the way, which leads to more denial, more protection. What right. am I protecting? Defense mechanism you can talk about anger, you can talk about blame. So what am I defending when I use a defense mechanism like anger or displacement? I'm defending my ego. I'm defending who I think that I am. Yeah. Which is the narcissistic child. I'm the center of the universe. Don't you know that? Right. How dare you do that too? Me. Me. <laughs> and, and so you know, there's all these beautiful awareness happening. We just have to catch it. And I think that's where the healing really happens.
0: If somebody is going through something painful right now, whether it's a breakup, getting fired from a job, death of a loved one, what advice do you give to your clients to really work through the healing process?
1: Well, first, understanding that it is a process. Right, and it's not a you know the the whole idea of it's not an end result; it's the process of it. Some grieving is going to be deeper than others. Yeah, it's just that's just the way that it goes. And giving yourself moments of grace and compassion—that it's part of the healing, and and a sense of curiosity. So there's ideas like curiosity, compassion, staying calm, coming back to that part of yourself. Then you're in your true sense of self. You're not defending it. You're not, you're allowing it to move through you. Right. And so that's what I would suggest with a lot of people that I work with that are going through whatever they're going, it, allowing sense of compassion. This is what healing looks like. Right. If it was all easy, everybody'd be doing it. It's, it's And a that really it's hard. temporary.
0: I think that sometimes when I'm really upset or sad, I always just assume, is going to be how it's going to feel forever? It's going to feel like this forever. Right. And it doesn't.
1: Well, no, but see, that's a thought too, right? This will be forever. It's not a feeling. And those are, sorry, those are good things too, is um, when we use those certain words, when we're talking about feelings, feeling is a one word. If we're saying a sentence or a paragraph to describe a feeling, you're stuck in a thought. Right? Okay. Explain that a little bit. A little bit. So it's like, I feel like you don't, da, 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 da. So then when I ask, when people say that, I say, so what's the feeling? What do you mean? They don't know. I said, "Is that a thought or is that a feeling? Oh, I think you don't da 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 da.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: thoughts can be misleading, can't they? Right? There's a whole story of that. So that gives you a little insight. So back to what you're saying is 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 using those little tools, Is this a thought or is this a feeling? What is the feeling? I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling sad. I'm you know, one word. Yep, I feel sad. It's one word. If you're just a sentence or a paragraph, you have stepped away and detached from your feeling. Now you're talking about it instead of from it. Right. And that's where people disconnect from. Right. That's why the emotional understanding, not the intellectual understanding, it's the emotional understanding of your own experience.
0: Right. It's so complicated.
1: (laughs) It it really is. It really is.
0: It is so complicated. And... I'm going through a new chapter obviously of my life and things are going extremely well not to say every day's amazing cuz it sure as hell isn't but I'm starting to realize the more un- the more work you do the more you uncover
1: That's right and especially in a relationship
0: Yes oh my gosh
1: It's, it's going to get magnified It's
0: crazy <laughs> It is you know the things I'm they i've therapists and books have always said this but now at my age at 45 i know it to be true the things that i hate in somebody else is really the things i don't like about myself
1: absolutely absolutely
0: and dean sure does mirror me
1: yes yeah
0: yeah that's <laughs> oh, why wow. it's
1: going to be usually in close emotionally invested relationships that's where all the triggers start to come out and all that deep stuff that you're like whoa and it's great yeah Because that's what you want to start to see. You know, those become the the access point to your deeper healing.
0: Right. And that's why I was reading, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and it was like the woman was talking about how her husband really triggers her, but if her friends do the same thing, it doesn't even matter. And it's true. I, I see that with my relationship with Dean. I've never been in a relationship ever before where somebody has held me emotionally or actually discussed these things which is fantastic and also exhausting.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And and can be scary at times and yes. everything because they're really shining a light on the parts that sometimes we don't want to see.
0: Yes. I, well, I was saying, we were having a conversation. One relationship that I was in, we, we never talked about feelings. Never. Mm-hmm. Well, we hardly talked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what? I really miss that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I miss that. Just a quiet pure silence all the time. <laughs> yeah. Nothing was brought up. Nothing was addressed. Sure. sometimes I really—that was okay.
1: Right. That <laughs> was good. That was good. Everybody. <laughs>
0: we never fought because we never talked. It right. was so easy.
1: Right. It can be. Yeah.
0: But it's yeah. It's a lot of work, and I feel myself maturing and growing at such a accelerated pace. But it is sometimes really frustrating.
1: It can be. Yeah. I. You know. It's. Yes, and, because I love that, because I don't want to dismiss anything you said, because it's valid. The idea, too, is I'm really understanding that, you know, adults or to become an adult has more to do with emotional maturity than anything. It doesn't have to do with age. Yes. It's emotional maturity, which goes back to that's why we keep deepening our experience of the emotional understanding of what we're going through. Because the more space... I can hold for me, which is at the root of it, intimacy, into me I see, I'm able to give it to the other person. Now I can hold to you and I can hold your emotions. When I don't hold mine, I shame and I dim your light because it makes me feel comfortable. That's right. And that's about control power, right? So that's why we do this is the more capacity we can hold for our own, you know, all the people that I meet, I'm holding them. Their stories, I'm holding their hearts, and that's because I had to go to the depths of my own. Right. I can't give you something I don't have. I don't know how to even access it. That's right. Right? So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a journey, and the more educated I get on emotional maturity and the phases of healing and uncovering trauma, I do feel way more compassion for people mm-hmm. and way more. I'm, I definitely am more patient. I have a lot. I have a lot of room to grow, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm getting there. <laughs> teeny tiny baby steps. That's
1: growth. Even <laughs> it if it's
0: teeny tiny, it's it growth. It is. I also wanted to ask you when it comes to healing and if somebody, what is the best way if somebody is having a moment that they're feeling either sad, angry, frustrated. What is? What do you recommend your clients do to vent or to express that?
1: Oh, mm. well, I guess it's in the context, right? So if there's anger, are you okay to be angry? Was anger not okay? What happens when you're angry? What do you do with when you're angry, right? Because maybe people weren't allowed to be angry, so they quieted that part of them down can are you allowed, can you acknowledge that you're angry? So there's a lot of things in the context or what was the other one? Just sad going through stuff. Yeah. Just sad. Yeah. Where my thing is always bring it to the body. So where, can you
0: explain that to me? Yes. Why that's important, please? Because yes. a lot of therapists are like, where are you feeling that? And I'm like, "Everywhere." like, what are you talking about? Like, right. no, but is it your throat? Is it your stomach? It's like, Sometimes it's just everywhere.
1: That's right. Well, it can feel that way. Why I do a lot of tracking with the body is because exactly what you're pointing at. There's certain locations. So so sometimes in the belly, why? So we we start to track it. And also what you're doing is you're not fixating on it. So your mind is now focusing somewhere else. Now you're just watching the energy move through your body. So you're not getting fixated on it on the thought of it, because the thought brings the story, brings more of the emotional, now you're winding around and around. You can't get out of that loop. So if I bring your attention somewhere else, where in your body are you feeling it? What is it doing? What does that you know feel like? You're talking about a physiological. Where does it go? Does it stationary? Because those are some key places. Three, three energy centers, beginning life. If you talked about your throat, sadness as it relates to the throat, how was sadness expressed when you were growing up? Because that has to do with your communication. Communication. Um, it's moved to people's arms where people were trying, you know, they couldn't fight away from whatever was going on when they were growing up. So these are very key things. Muscles have
0: memory. Does it? Does where it move in, let me rephrase that. <laughs> and go. <laughs> and, yeah, words, please. Does it, okay, let's say it's always the throat. Does it mean the same thing to everybody if it's a throat, or it doesn't like? Is it personal to you?
1: Well, I don't know, right? Okay. That's why the you know the questions start to happen. So what's what's there? And usually, what people say, it's like I can't speak. Oh, okay. So that's a story, right? That's a story. Tell me when emotions were rising, what was going on, or in their chest, and I'll be like, okay, and I'm like, what does that feel like? It's tight. How's your breathing? I'm not. Do you want to breathe? Cuz sometimes walking on eggshells at a home when chaos was going on, people aren't kids aren't breathing. Yeah. They're holding their breath. Do you want to breathe right now? Yeah. Right? And they're like, "Oh yeah, I do." Do you? And and behind that emotion or that feeling in their body, there's the child.
0: Oh, it's always the inner child there.
1: <laughs> I know we is. did that talk last time. Yes,
0: but it's true. Yeah. It's always the inner child.
1: What does he or she need? She's feeling sad. So what does she need right now? Or what does he need? She needs to feel validated. Right. She needs to feel safe. Can you give that to her? Her or him? Yeah. So you start you start working with what's called parts. This is IFS. You start working with parts and you start moving towards the one that's been hurting in the emotional experience. This is why the emotional understanding of it for me is really key.
0: I saw something on the World Wide Web the other day um, of there's only two people you need to really work towards be like making proud, and it's the, the eight-year-old version of you and the 80-year-old version of you, and it's true.
1: Right. Yeah, that's it, really. You're, you're, building, you're building a relationship back with you. Right. When I don't have a relationship with me, I definitely feel lonely. And so yes. then I grasp externally to help ease that pain. I go ahead and get in these toxic relationships. If anybody's just listening,
0: my head is bobbing <laughs> really violently up and down like, yes.
1: Bobblehead. Uh, <laughs> right? So then we start grasping people, places, and things. Fill me. Fill that, fill that emptiness that I'm feeling, which leads to codependency, which leads to very Addiction. toxic relationships, addictive, compulsive behavior patterns. Anything to get out of the pain. That's right. Anything to avoid what I need to look at.
0: Esther Hicks always says looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. The only place you should look for love is you.
1: That's right. And now over time, and this is why, again, just kind of circulating back to what we're talking about why it's not linear is because how long have you abandoned that part? So here, if you are and, you know, say I'm 40, you know, 43. So I'm 43. Well, if I abandoned it when I was two, it doesn't even trust me anymore. Mm -hmm. So I have to build. Trust. It's not coming out and saying, oh, okay. That's right. It's like, wait, you left me too. Right. So I don't trust you anymore. Right. So I have to slowly keep visiting it and visiting it and opening the emotional experience with it that it starts trusting me now. Now we walk together.
0: Okay. I'm doing a podcast about this because that is something that you unraveled with me of I was my whole story was that I was abandoned as a child, but the real story is that I kept abandoning myself in staying in relationships I knew I shouldn't have and doing things that I knew I shouldn't have been doing. And that, I think, is such a huge part in a lot of people's lives that you you don't really see.
1: That's right, that's right. Yeah, things that happened in my life were painful. The way I treated myself was vicious.
0: Yes. Oh, wait, wait. Don't don't, don't keep going because that's a whole other episode. <laughs>
1: we'll just stop there.
0: One time Shane and I sat and I think we spoke for like four hours. Probably. Yeah, and we could continue but <laughs> nobody's going to listen to a four-hour podcast. <laughs> so until next time, thank you guys for listening. Wait, don't stop listening yet because if you do like the podcast and if you don't, don't review it but if you do like it, Get, please give it a five stars because it matters it makes people more people get to hear it yeah absolutely and you could find Shane on Instagram I'll put it in the notes yeah I'll what's your it. Instagram name
1: uh, Shane Kuo Healing
0: but it's C-O-Y-L-E
1: correct yeah. and no Y in that Shane
0: oh see it's see, very complicated <laughs> just look in the show she'll notes. put it there <laughs> it's too much <laughs> thank you Shane
1: thank you